This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. to you from the dark recesses of the proverbial Dawn Forge pouch. This is episode 279 of the Shattered Soulstone. Better late than never. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly/soulstonebooks2020. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, tablet, or phone. It is October 17th, 2020, and this is Jen. And I'm going to go ahead and start out with my week in gaming, which, despite my best efforts, I'm not getting very far, and I will explain that. I'm still not able to get into the PTR, and I have no idea why this is happening, but I can tell you what's been going on with that. Earlier on in, uh, in the time frame since the PTR was released, I went ahead and I followed the directions given by Blizzard on a blog post where they talked about the PTR, about how you can copy your characters over, and I did that. That seemed to work out just fine. I made a copy of all of them, and I was able to move through and select which one I wanted to use, and I thought that was great. It seemed like everything was working well, but that's the only thing that's worked so far for me, because I can't get into the PTR. I can see my characters, I can sort of try to log in, but I get a login screen that, you know, the little background that just says Diablo and has a nice little piece of art there, and then at the bottom there's like little diamonds that have little red uh, lights on them that light up eventually and eventually that's you know showing you it's trying to put you in PTR and it won't it won't let me in for some reason it just sits there and the lights go now that's new it didn't originally originally it was just a dead screen but the lights are moving as if it's trying to put me into the PTR but 10 minutes later it's still not getting me in that might be a slight exaggeration but not by much so, the only thing I can do is quit the game, basically, and try again. And when I do this, what happens next is now they want me to log in with my email address and my password and the numbers on my authenticator, and I do all of these things, and I get back to the uh, loading screen, once again, with the little red dots going across the bottom, that lead to nowhere, and I keep getting error messages. And the error messages, I didn't write them down because I was too frustrated to care at that moment, but the error messages say something to the effect of that for some reason I can't get into the PTR, and it's 
kind of vague. Maybe I'll write it down next time I give this a try, if I bother, because honestly, I am tired of wasting time trying to get into the PTR. If Blizzard wanted my opinion, maybe they should have made it possible for me to get in. Maybe they don't care about Max. I don't know. I have seen historically, and by historically I mean since the PTR started, people on the Blizzard forums being very upset because they're on a Mac and they can't get in, but this effect was also causing players that are on PC not to be able to get in for a while. I don't know. I've looked through all these things trying to figure out what's going on with Blizzard and why this isn't working, and I'll get into some of that in a little while. But it's frustrating, and it's a waste of time, and I feel like I'm doing everything right, so there can't possibly be anything on my end stopping this from happening. And yet, there we are. So I'll never know what the PTR is like from personal experience because of these glitches. Alright, I'm done complaining about the PTR. Um, the rest of my week in gaming went pretty well, but it's going slowly. I'm currently working on Chapter 4 of the Season Journey with my hardcore barbarian, who is still alive. I'm always happy when my hardcore characters are, in fact, still alive. And uh, so what I started to do is see what I'd already completed on Chapter 4, and I completed two objectives. One of them was Exquisiteness, where you reforge a weapon property to a socket at the Mystic. That sounds a lot easier than it sometimes is, but if you just keep going, you'll get it. Unless you run out of resources, but then you can get more of those and try again. The other one is called Let's Get Started and You Learn Five Blacksmith Recipes. Now, to do this, for those of you that are unaware, you just... You obtain recipes from bounties, from bounty caches, and for the most part, that's where you get them. And then if they're for the blacksmith, you just walk them over to the blacksmith and give it to him, and those count. So I had that done, because for whatever reason, I have a plethora of recipes for the blacksmith this season. The jeweler, not so much. I could not remember at this point if I've given the jeweler any recipes to work with, so what I decided to do was see what I can do about fixing that, but I didn't do that right away. The first thing I did was try to run some greater rifts, some very low level greater rifts, because I just recently hit 70 and could do this now, so I started with level 1 and then did level two, mostly in an effort to get some gems that I could then try to level up in higher levels. And I got it. Um, level one and level two are hard difficulty. And when I started doing those, I was playing on possibly expert difficulty, maybe master difficulty, not sure. Probably It might've been master difficulty. So hard difficulty wasn't too difficult for me with those first two greater rifts. So I did those, got a couple of gems. Uh, one of them is, I can't remember the name, but it's the one you could use to do, I think it's greater rift 20 or 25 off the top of my head, where you can't use set pieces. So that maybe you could, if you have like Ancients, you could use that gem to make that easier to get that objective done. Something like that. But it's kind of going slow. And each one, each one of these hard greater rifts on just level 1 and level 2 took 10 minutes. Because my Barbarian doesn't have enough strength yet. I like had just hit 70. I didn't have really very many Paragon points at all to use towards building them up. And so that's where I was. And then the other night, I ran some bounties. I ran some Act 3 bounties, and the hope was I would 
by doing so, uh, as you know, you get double bounty caches still within Season 21. And I was hoping those double bounty caches would give me some recipes for the jeweler, because that's another objective you have to finish in Act 4. And it did. It gave me two recipes to level up different gems. I think one of them was Topaz. I can't remember what the other one was off the top of my head. So I walked over to the jeweler and I gave him those two recipes and nothing happened. So that means it's possible that the jeweler in my game only has those two recipes and I need to go hunt down three more. I could run another set of bounties to do it. I don't really mind the bounties too terribly. So it's, it's not bad. Um, but when I started the bounties that I did to try to get the jeweler recipes, I had 16 Paragon points. I didn't have a whole lot to work with there. So I may do bounties again and hope that more recipes drop that are for the jeweler. That's a possibility. Another possibility is you can go visit Squirt in Act 2, who's the little girl that sells you stuff. And she has two very, very expensive recipes. One is for an amulet and one is for a ring. So that would get me to four if I went and purchased those and just brought them over to the jeweler, but that's going to leave me with one left. So I might have to do bounties after all, just in the hopes of getting that. Things started moving a little bit faster. I ended with a whole 22 Paragon points, which I know sounds pitiful compared to most Diablo players or many Diablo players who regularly finish the season journey right away. But I don't have... I don't have the time to do that when a season starts or when I start a season. I don't, I can't put in, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours on the game in part because I have work to do. That's, I'm freelance. I have to fit the timing of my work into everything else that I'm doing. And I don't have a regular schedule. I can just make it fit. There are benefits to making that fit whenever I can or whenever I need to, especially since I have a lot of chronic illnesses that get in my way. That's the other reason why I can't do like a huge marathon session of Diablo 3 to get stuff done. So I'm just moving slowly. I also have a tendency to be really thoughtful about the choices I make with hardcore characters, because if you screw up and that one's dead, you start over. You don't have that character anymore. Poof, gone, goodbye. And you have to get a new one leveled up. And at this point in the season, I really don't want to do that. I do not, at this point, expect that I will complete the entire season journey. But I do want to finish Chapter 4, because it's got a pet that I don't have, and it has a portrait frame that I don't think I have. So, that's where I'm at. I got 22 Paragon points. I'm going to keep going. I have some plans to finish the jeweler objective, and maybe by then I'll have enough Paragon points where I feel like I can move it up to Torment 1, which is the lowest difficulty setting for most of the rest of the stuff that's in Chapter 4. So that's where I'm at, and I'm pretty happy about it. It seems like it's starting to work better. I just wish I could have gotten to this faster, but... For reasons I already said, I this is as fast as I can go, so that's where I'm at. And speaking of the PTR, <laughs> I've read a lot of forum posts about this. A lot of them. And it's kind of frustrating that it seems like it's not working for me. Well, I know it's not working for me, so there's that. Uh, Diablo account on Twitter posted on October 13th a little blurb that says PTR 2.6.10 testing extended. So they're extending it this weekend. I'm hoping to get this show up 
before the end of this weekend and you know so if you thought the PTR was done and you want to keep going you can it's it's still there it's if you're someone who can get into the PTR yeah I'm gonna be bitter and salty about that because it's frustrating it's frustrating to do everything right in the way that Blizzard specifically laid out as to how to get into the PTR and have it just never work anyway <laughs> Moving on from that little rant, because honestly, I suspect most of you listening got into the PTR with no problem and don't care about this or simply aren't experiencing it, but I know there's other people that can't get into the PTR because I read the forum posts about it and there's a lot that can't get in. So there's that. Um, the most recent update on the forum posts, as far as I can tell from Blizzard employees, there's a post, a blue post as we call them because it's written in blue, from Community Manager Filthy Rich on October 16 update. This one he says that the PTR will be extended through the weekend of 1017 to 1018. Stay tuned for further updates on 1019. So something's going to happen on 1019 that maybe would fix this problem. I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see. He continues with a quick update from the team. Isolating the seasonal buff has helped to learn more about the lag and login issues. There we go. As we extend the PTR, we are going to continue to gather your feedback on all the content, parentheses, items, slash sets, slash buffs, slash nerfs, slash etc. And Filthy Rich says, I don't have any specifics right now, but as soon as something, as soon as I, I think he left out a word, I think he meant to write, as soon as I have something, I'll chime in here. So if you are stuck not getting into the PTR like me, tune in to whatever Filthy Rich has to say in a couple of days, and maybe, maybe those of us that are frustrated will actually get to try the PTR in some version of it. But yeah, that's uh, that's where the PTR seems to be. There was an update. Well, there's been a few hot fixes. Is if you've been following this around and following through, like the forum posts or just noticing things in the PTR for those of you that can get in, you may have noticed that they've like taken out some stuff and put in some stuff, and something was weird with the shadow clones for a while, I suppose. And that's kind of where we're at with the PTR. So moving on. I want to highlight some of the other Diablo podcasts that are out there and that are producing content in whatever way they choose because I think it's awesome. Every time there's like more Diablo podcasts, that's good. That's good for our community. That's good for the people that are excited enough about this game. Still, it's I mean, it's not a new game. Diablo 3 is not new, um, but people are excited still about it and still playing it and still wanting to get into the PTR and have their opinions about it known and of course the community is interested very interested in Diablo 4 whenever that's released there's also Diablo Immortal which I personally want to play and I know I'm a minority view in that but that's how it goes so next up I'm going to do a quick rundown of the various Diablo related podcast or Diablo focused podcasts that are out there and briefly mention where you can find their latest episode, because I think it's awesome that we've got so many Diablo podcasts still going. Some of them, like Shattered Soulstone, have been going for a very long time. Some are new. All of them are interesting and a really good way for listeners to pop in and get some different views about the game from people that know what they're talking about, or at the very least, you know, love the game. They might not know everything. It varies. Um, there's people who think very deeply about this and create content about this 
and want to explore all of it in intricate detail. There's people who just want to talk about their gameplay and how much fun they're having. There are people who pick one specific topic and stick to that for their show and then do a different one next time around. And it's just such a variety, which is interesting to me because Diablo 3 has been around for a while and there has been some new additions over the, over time, you know, Reaper of Souls, the uh, Necromancer pack, all of these things. So I'm going to point you towards Danctuary, which has a whole bunch of really well-known people in the Diablo community. Many of them are streamers, if not all of them. And so episode two released October 3rd, if you missed it, it's titled Season 22 Endgame, and it features Leviathan, Lexi, Rex, oh, I'm going to hurt this name. I don't know how to say it correctly. Um, Rex Antarax, Sphere, and Wujio. And they were talking about Season 22 Endgame type stuff. So if you're into that, if you want to figure out maybe what to aim towards when Season 22 starts, you can check that out. They're on Twitch and they're on YouTube. And I'll put some links into the show notes so you can find that. They also have released episode 3 on October 10th and that one's called Diablo 4 Skill Tree Blog with Mr. Llama SC, Nineball, Riker, Sphere, and Ziggy D. Now this was something that was released in the most recent Diablo 4 quarterly update and I talked about it on a previous episode of Shattered Soulstone with this tree that looks like a piece of art to begin with and it was specifically the sorcerer's tree and it's going to be a thing that you use to craft your character basically to decide what skills you want to use or where you want to put skill points or however they work this out so if you want to know more about that specific detail I highly recommend you check out Sanctuary Podcast Episode 3 for that information. Hearthstone to Hell, which focuses on both Diablo and World of Warcraft, has released Episode 2 on October, let's see, four days ago. So today is, let's see, as I record this, today's the 17th. So they probably released it on like the 13th, if my math is right. It might be wrong, but that's about where it is. And so it's Dead Greed and Shazam, which if you've listened to the Shattered Soulstone podcast in the past, you know who those guys are. And they share their thoughts on the Diablo 3 Season 22 PTR Week 2, and they also start talking about the upcoming Shadowlands pre-patch, what's included in that, and what is not included in that. So that's something to look forward to. And that's their second episode, brand new podcast. Westmarch Workshop has released, most recent one was quite a while ago, uh, not terribly long ago, it was two weeks ago, and it was episode 197, and it was part two, it's a part two talking about the quarterly Diablo update from Nineball, I'm not sure if anyone else was on the show, I haven't, I haven't sat down and listened to all of these, but I'll be doing that later. So it's part two, you can catch part one on their website, I'll link to it again, so you, know, you can find all these things in the show notes, and they're also on YouTube, so you can check that out either way you like. And then Cool Story Bro. I really like this show. I think that the hosts are very careful about what they want to feature, what subject they want to talk about, and they they do it in a way that's a little more nuanced than some of the rest of us do. 
They don't do shows regularly. Their most recent one was November 9th, and that's quite some time ago. But if they find something important and interesting to talk about related to the Diablo universe, they come back and do a show. So it's worth just kind of keeping an eye on it to see when the next show might pop up. And I will be checking that out to see. And I'll let you know if a new one pops up anytime soon. And that's Cool Story Bro, as in Zoltan Cool, K-U-L-L-E Story Bro. And I remember when they launched the show and a bunch of us talked about it on Shattered Soulstone. And I was just cracking up because that is the best name for a Diablo podcast ever, Cool Story Bro. Because it relates to Zoltan Cool and like all the weird lore that he talks about. And well, okay, Zoltan Cool mostly talks about himself, but it's just, I just thought it was really clever. So those are the Diablo podcasts that I'm aware of other than Shattered Soulstone. And if you are the host of or a fan of a Diablo podcast that I didn't mention, Go ahead and send the show an email, and you can do that by sending an email to show at shatteredsoulstone.com, and I'll be able to access that and read it on the show. So if that's you, if you're hosting a Diablo show and I don't know it, let me know, and I'll talk about your show too. So other than that, we have on October 3rd, it looks like, the Carbot Animations series Diablo 2 episode 8 was released and that appears to be the end of the run for that series. It was a really cute little series. I mean the animation from Carbot is just simplistic and adorable and I love the sound effects they're using and how they use them and it's just such quick little action in their videos and I'm very impressed by what they do. So if you missed any of them or if you hadn't heard of this until today and want to check it out, you can find it on YouTube. And again, links will be in the show notes because I'm going to put those together when I'm done editing this episode. And for a brief minute, I'm going to talk about... Well, okay, it's probably going to take more than a brief minute. I'm going to talk about Activision closing the Blizzard office in France, which you may have heard about. I know Riker talked about this on one of his videos. And it's been all over the place. Bloomberg actually picked it up, which is interesting because I don't immediately... When I'm thinking about stuff related to video gaming companies, I don't immediately go, I should look at Bloomberg. They're going to have all the answers. They're going to know everything. I usually look for like more gaming sites, but Bloomberg seems to be the article of note that people are linking to. So I'm actually looking at GameSpot because... Bloomberg is one of those websites where it'll let you read a couple articles for free and then cut you off and you can't see anything that they post anymore unless you want to send them money. And I don't have the money to fund all of the new sites on the internet myself, so I'm going to look at GameSpot, who references the Bloomberg article. And it's the Blizzard Entertainment office in Versailles, France, that is being closed. It's unclear how many people are going to be laid off, but people are going to be laid off from this one. It's not... Some things are unclear as far as that. According to GameSpot, pointing at the Bloomberg article, Bloomberg sources said Activision Blizzard would inform employees more next week. This was written on October 6th. So they've probably been informed by now about the the fate of the Versailles office and their jobs and if relocation to another studio is a possibility. Bloomberg states that Activision Blizzard had originally intended to move half of the Versailles office to London. And this is where things get tricky. So London right now is, well, it's 
it is right now and has been and still will be part of England, part of uh, Great Britain. I'm not sure which of these is correct, and I hope I'm not saying anything offensive in that aspect, but, you know, England. The UK. This. It was, they were going to move half of the Versailles team to London, that's in the UK, but there's a couple of problems. Um, first of all, Brexit is still in process over there and without getting into a huge political thing. At some point in the past, I think it's been at least a couple of years by now, just from memory. The majority of people in the UK voted to leave the EU entirely, and there has been... And I understand that it's not a vast majority, it was like a slight majority, one way or the other, they voted to... that The majority voted to leave the EU, the minority, which was very close in votes, chose to remain in the EU, so they have been trying to leave the EU for quite some time. And that's still, those negotiations and all of those kinds of things that you'd have to do to make that work out are still ongoing. So that's a problem. If you're going to move people from France, who are, you know, France is part of the EU, into London, which is part of the UK, which may soon not be part of the EU, it, that's kind of a mess right there as to what would happen to those employees. And the other thing, of course, is the coronavirus pandemic that's everywhere for the most part. I think New Zealand might be okay, but I'm not sure that the, the rest of the world has that uh, taken care of, and there's certainly no vaccine. So relocating during a pandemic is kind of a thing that no one wants to do and maybe can't do that safely. There's also, uh, according to the GameSpot thing, there are French labor laws that require companies to negotiate proper compensation for employees that wind up in mass layoffs. So to me, this indicates that Blizzard, Activision, Activision, Blizzard, whatever, uh, are going to have to pay these people that are being laid off, which at least gives them something other than just losing their jobs. So I think this is kind of a mess. I don't know why they decided to close the Versailles office. I'm, I'm not sure. I think I read somewhere, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's in the GameSpot thing, that a lot of this was like customer service sort of stuff. And if that's so, that's really bad because you don't want to cut off your customer service because that's how your... How should I put it? The people who play your games, uh, if they have a problem, they need to contact customer service in some way and have that worked out roughly through them or through people higher up than them. And if you don't have that anymore, that's kind of an issue. So there's that. It's weird. I don't know why out of the blue they picked to do this now, during a pandemic, but okay, sure. <laughs> and that's what's going on with, with that thing. I just thought it was kind of interesting and strange and it gets all mixed up in politics and uh, health and French laws about laying people off and I, I just can't imagine that the people that made the decision, hey, let's just close that whole office out there. Maybe, you know, I can't imagine they thought all of those things through before making that decision. So that's where we're at with that. And that's going to be almost everything in the show. I'm actually going to talk about other media for a little while, which I haven't been doing in previous episodes. It is something that has become standard on Shattered Soulstone, but I just have been too busy to 
to find enough things to to do as far as other media to have time to do it but this week I have and I'm gonna talk about voting I am not going to tell you how I voted I'm not going to tell you how to vote I'm hoping you'll vote if you're in the United States and you're an eligible voter I'm hoping you will vote and I'm hoping you will make good choices by looking up the stuff you don't understand and reading stuff from sources that matter to you and all of this sort of thing now I live in California. There's been a heat wave here for the last few days, which is part of why this podcast is late, because recording a podcast during a heat wave is a miserable experience, and I would not have been able to do a well-focused show in that kind of heat. Yes, we do have a little portable air conditioner. It's not a window air conditioner, but it only can do so much, and it's been... 90 degrees to 100 degrees every day for I've lost track of how long. So that's part of why the show is late. The other reason the show is late is because I live in California and the ballot is extraordinarily long. I think it might be the longest ballot in the United States. So the first page of the ballot, and I should say, uh, my husband and I got mail-in ballots, as did I think all eligible voters in California. And this was an effort that California did, and some other states might be doing as well, to allow people to stay home and still be able to cast their vote. Because as I said, there still is a coronavirus pandemic going on, and some people may be healthy enough and strong enough to stand in line for however long they would need to stand in line to cast their vote. But people like me, who have compromised immune systems, can't do that. So my husband and I, he's... Uh, disabled as well, he's legally blind, we both get mail-in ballots so we can take the time to look at them and he can see the font. It's not always easy to do in places that, you know, if you go personally to vote, it could be an electronic screen that would be too small for him to see and you know, all of this kind of stuff. So we've been doing mail-in ba balloting forever, mail-in voting forever. Um, a very long time anyway, I guess forever is not really an accurate term in this case, but the first page has what you'd expect. This is the general election. You have a choice of who you want to vote for for president. There's some senator stuff. There's some local stuff. You know, this kind of thing. And then the back page had, like, I'm going to guess about 15 propositions on it. And the propositions, this is not something every state does, but basically it goes like this. Here is a thing. Do you want to vote yes on this thing? Or do you want to vote no on this thing? And that's all it says in these tiny little squares. So just from the ballot alone, you don't really know what you're voting on. You have a basic idea, but you don't really know for sure. Now, fortunately, California sends a ton of information from the state that's been vetted that gives you information. So if you've got, you know, proposition whatever, voting about this topic, you can flip through that and go, what are they talking about? And you can get it from there. I also will recommend Ballotpedia because it is nonpartisan and it gives you all the information about elections and voting and politicians and judges and whatever else you want to know. So go check that out if you're if you haven't voted yet and you're really not sure about some things on your ballot. But there were like, as I said, like maybe about 15 of these. And I have a tendency to research the heck out of stuff before I'm going to vote because it's important to know what's going on. And some of the ballot measures 
from what I've seen uh, from the prop what I call propaganda that comes to the house about different candidates and different propositions some of that is not accurate let's put it that way it's not accurate it's not matching up to what's actually going on with the ballot this is not the first time this has happened in California there are situations or have been situations in the past where ballot measure whatever makes it look like oh look at this this is a really great thing if I vote this particular way on that particular one that's gonna help a lot of people when in reality the opposite would occur and so I'm very skeptical about what little tiny bit of information is on the ballot itself and I go look up everything and it took a really long time in part because there are several that are controversial on the ballot and there's a lot of misinformation going on with uh, radio ads and propaganda that comes to the house and ads on the internet and all of this type of stuff so and, and don't look at Twitter for this. Just don't. I mean, just don't use Twitter as your main source of how you should vote on anything ever. If you have a specific politician that you happen to trust completely, fine. See what they say about it, but do the research anyway. And I did, and it took days because I was doing this during a heat wave when it's really hard to focus in the first place. And it took all of my energy. I have uh, fibromyalgia, which, among other things, drains all of your energy if you exert yourself in any way, including apparently research-related stuff, so. I did eventually finish filling out the ballot. My husband and I went downtown and brought it directly to the county clerk recorder's office that is in California, the office of the person that is charged with the task of making sure every vote is counted. And we typically do this anyway, but this year especially, because I'm just going to say there's been some shenanigans surrounding where to put your ballot. So we chose to take it to the county court, county clerk's recorder's office directly and hand it to an employee and a, you know, a real person who checked the back of the envelope and made sure I had signed it and had a date on it and that my husband had signed his and put a date on it. So our votes will count. They're right there in the county clerk's office, and we know exactly where our ballots are. It just made it easier from like a peace of mind point of view. So that's why it's been late. I possibly could have done all the research I wanted to do a bit quicker had there not been a heat wave, but you don't get a choice on that. And that's where I'm gonna end the show this time. And I'll see you next week, and I'm going to go through and do the usual stuff that I say at the end of every show, which is pretty similar to the stuff we've always said at the end of shows. And so here we go. You have been listening to episode 279 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a patron today. Patreon.com slash soulstone. 
Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as on the Shattered Soulstone website. And this week, I know the Discord was active because I was seeing a lot of notifications of people mostly playing Shadowlands, I think, but, you know, it's you can play other games with the group from the Soulstone Discord, that's fine, and people are friendly, so if you need a place to be on Discord where you can get into groups and talk to people, I highly recommend the Shattered Soulstone one. To continue, this show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback to show at shatteredsoulstone.com. We love Twitter. Come join and tweet with us. You can find the show Twitter at Shattered Stone, and my Twitter is Ankamav, which is the name of one of my D&D characters. We would like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loot Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge at www.thedawnforge.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, from all of us here at the Shattered Soulstone, over 278 episodes for your listening pleasure. Dawn Forge! Woo! This podcast is part of the Dawn Forge Network. Copyright 2020.